Hey, hey. Come on, give it up and welcome all of the campuses at all of our locations. We love you guys. We hope you are doing great today. Welcome to New Hope Church. So thrilled that you are here. Hey, before we jump in today, let me just lift up a few key key things that are coming our way. Next Sunday, that is a week from today, we have baptism celebrations. Come on, some of you need to jump into the waters of baptism. This whole series, when you think about it, guardrails, is really a lot about the lordship of Jesus. And Jesus and the Bible doesn't say, hey, here's an idea. Take a vote whether you should get baptized. The Bible says if you are a believer Jump into the waters of baptism at all of our campus locations. And we want to invite everybody at our campus locations to stay around and celebrate that. We also have baby dedications coming up. If you'd like for us to dedicate your precious babies, that's May 6th. We want you to sign up online. The baby dedication is May 20th, but we have classes that start May 6th. You can sign up online for baptisms and baby dedications, or you can take that Connect card that is right in front of you right now, and just mark baptism or baby dedications. Um, two more things. We have a night of worship coming up, night of worship. We as a church love to just get together every now and again, three or four times a year, and just worship God. Amen? And I'm talking about outside of Sunday. So this is Friday. May 4th, mark your calendars, Friday, May 4th, right here at the Durham campus. I want to invite all of the campuses to come on over to the Durham campus. We have a night of worship on a Friday night. I can't think of anything else I would rather do on a Friday night than worship the Lord God. Some of you need to stop doing some stuff on Friday night and worship the Lord God on Friday night. Can I get an amen? I don't know where that came from, but I know what I used to do on Friday nights. Um, and then the last thing, and I mentioned this last week, and I'm going to let this sit for a while. I won't mention it much after this for a while. A year from now, I am taking a group to the Holy Land. To the Holy Land. And we had a lot of you sign up last week as being interested. Mark your Connect card if you're interested. Just put Holy Land on there, and uh, we will get you in the loop of all of the key announcements and information that is coming our way. Hey, let's pray together. Father, um, what a subject that we're going to try to talk about in church today. Would you take our minds? Would you think through them? Lord Jesus, would you take our hearts and fill with them today? God, would you take my lips and would you speak through them? For if you do not speak today, then absolutely nothing of any significance will have been spoken and we pray it in the strong name of Jesus Christ. And the people of God at all of our campuses set together. Amen. So about five years ago, maybe six years ago, I did a series titled Guardrails. And it was by far the most popular series that we've ever done. I get asked on a regular basis, will you bring guardrails back? We're bringing it back. We started it last week. I don't know who exactly started this series. I think it might have been uh, Pastor Andy Stanley at North Point Community Church in Atlanta. But every great church that I know has done a series like Guardrails. We started it last week, and uh, if you missed it, go to the Resource Center at all of our campuses. You can pick it up. But we talked about this notion that if you're going to build a life that stays out of the ditch, if you're going to keep your life away from collateral wreckage, 
and carnage, then you are going to need to build guardrails around those areas that cause most people to fall. And last week I just set up the series, but I spent a little time talking about alcohol. And alcohol is one of those areas where if you're not careful, if you don't learn to drink responsibly, if you're going to drink, but some people might not drink at all, which is awesome. And they can build a case kind of for that biblically. But I talked about in the Bible, it's not real, it's not real clear that drinking is a sin. In fact, it says you can drink responsibly. But what was the guardrail last week? Do not what, church? Get drunk. And again, if you missed that, pick it up at the resource center. Today... Today, we are going to talk about the subject of sex. Uh-oh. Somebody, if you're at the campuses, you might not have heard that. Somebody down front said, uh-oh. And they probably said, uh-oh, because your mama or your daddy said, we don't say that word. And I've always been a firm believer. Listen, it is time for the church to talk about all matters that the Bible talks about. And this gives me a chance to say this. This is why we have age-appropriate worship environments at New Hope. We talk about adult stuff. And kids talk about what? Kids stuff in Hopetown. So these are adult-oriented worship celebrations. But for way too long, the church has allowed culture to speak to the subject of sex. And we have not spoken about it. And as a result, you look at many Christians today and their lives are not really any better off than other people's lives. And if I might say so on the front end, we live in a day and age where our culture is really jacked up over sex. I mean, bad. I mean, just watch the TV. Have you seen the commercials? Like I know of a single dad who said to his son, he felt like it was time to have the sex talk. And I know, parents, we all regret having the sex talk. So he was a single dad, and he grabbed his boy, and he said, Son, I, I realize we haven't talked about this, but I think it's time, and I'm just going to start open-ended. What, what do you know about sex? And the little boy said, Dad, I, I don't know much, but I know that if it lasts more than four hours, I should call the doctor. <laughs> oh, no, he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we're going to talk about it. <laughs> Will I ever get any of you back? That's the question. Maybe if we go to a, a point that it'll get us back. I talked about this last week. A guardrail is a standard of behavior. Why don't you read it out loud with me? A standard of behavior that becomes a matter of conscience. One more time. A standard of behavior that becomes a matter of conscience. Guardrails, particularly with the area of sex, is so incredibly important. And you might recall last week I asked you, how many of you had some regrets in your life? And we all popped our hands up, didn't we? How many of you have some regrets? We all can say yes to that. And then I asked you this question, and we all popped our hands up again. How many of us could have avoided our greatest regrets if we had just established Solid biblical guardrails. And so if you're following along in your teaching notes, write this down. Most of the greatest regrets in our lives could have been avoided if we had established solid biblical guardrails. Now listen to me. 
We need guardrails in areas like alcohol. We need guardrails in areas like finances. We need guardrails in areas like relationships. But sex is very different. When it comes to sexual disasters, they are in a league all to themselves. Stick with me for a moment. There is something about this topic that we're going to discuss today that puts it in a category all to itself. Think about it. You and I, for the most part, can recover from some disasters. We can recover, can we not, most of us, from professional disasters. Most of us, if you have grit and tenacity, you can recover from bankruptcy. Some of you have. You can recover from alcohol abuse, like I talked about last week, if you're lucky and you don't kill someone or you don't get killed. But sex, sex is different. When it comes to sexual disasters, it is almost impossible to fully recover. Sex is not just physical. When someone crosses the line sexually, we carry with us a disaster most of the time for the rest of our lives. So please, if you've ever leaned in and listened closely, listen to me today, please, I beg you, And I told you last week, the reason I'm doing this series is because I love you. And at the end of the day, yes, I want to see a lot of people get saved. But at the end of the day, I want to help you live a better life. So listen closely today. And there will be times along the way where some of you will say, you know what? That's just old school, man. That's old school. And if you do, the moment you do that, I just want to warn you, you're listening to the voice of culture and not the voice of God's word. And I will appear old school if I need to. I will stand up here all alone if I need to and continue to talk about the importance of establishing guardrails. Everyone say flee. Flee. Everyone say it a little louder than that. Flee. Flee. The Bible says this. Paul was writing to the church in Corinth. Read it out loud. Ready? Go. Flee from sexual immorality. One more time. Flee from sexual immorality. Flee, baby, flee. It doesn't say, you know what? Skip away from sexual sin. Darn, if I knew you would get that excited and laugh about me skipping, I would do it more often. It doesn't say, you know, meander away from sexual sin. No, 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 no. The Bible says flee. Why? Because it's in a league all to its own. You will not recover in 99.9% of the situations if you don't flee. And think about it. This is what you want your wife to do, is it not, guys? Think about it. This is what you want your wife to do. You want her to flee from sexual immorality. Wives, think about it. This is what you want your husband to do, agreed? This is what I want my children to do. This is what I want my brothers to do. I don't have any sisters. This is what, if you have sisters, you want your sisters to do. Anybody that you care about, you want them to flee from sexual immorality. But here's the problem. Instead of flee, some of us flirt. Do you hear me? 
Instead of flee, some of us flirt with sexual immorality. The result is severe. Listen to me, listen to me, listen. Remember, I care for you. I don't want you to experience this. The result is severe wreckage. And most folks never really recover from that kind of damage. Instead of fleeing, we flirt. We have direct messages on Twitter and Facebook, and we flirt. We, get, we want to know how close can we get to the line without going over. That's the wrong way to approach it. You want to stay as far away from the line as you possibly can. We have relationships with people, and we know, we know, don't we? Come on, we know when we start to think too much about that person. And the Bible says, what? Flee! Run! So many people choose to flirt instead of flee. Look at, as the Bible continues, look at what it says. Flee from sexual immorality. This, this is what I mean when I say it's in a league all of its own. All other sins a person commits are outside the body. But whoever sins, what church? What? Sexually sins against their own body. The Bible is letting us know really, really clearly that sexual sin is different from other sins. Do you not know, the Bible says, that your bodies are what? Help me. Are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God. When was the last time you looked in the mirror and you thought, I'm looking at the temple of God. Why are y'all laughing about that? Your temple might be growing, okay. Or it might be shrinking. <laughs> but you are the temple of the Lord. Look at your neighbor. Say, you're the temple. Oh, you did good at all of our campuses. Come on. Look at your other neighbor and say, you are the temple. You're the temple of the Lord. You are a temple. And all other sins are different. When you sin sexually, you sin against the body. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit whom is in, who, who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. Now, you might be a temple. You can look at the mirror and say, I'm a temple. And some of you, some of you look in the mirror and say that way too much. Look at me. I'm a, I'm a, mm, mm, I'm a temple of the Lord. But you don't, hey, if you are that good, you take no credit for it. God gets all the credit. Oh, oh. You were bought at a price. Therefore, everybody say therefore. Therefore, therefore honor God with your bodies. You were bought at a price. You, and I know we're kind of laughing up here a little bit today, but come on, come on, come on. Some of you have really struggled with self-image. You're a temple of the Lord, a beautiful temple of the Lord, created and designed by God, precious and holy in his sight. He paid a price for you, if I might say so, a high price. 
So when you look at your body this way, you have to learn how to flee, baby, flee. If being in that environment does not honor God, flee, baby, flee. If looking at that website does not honor God, listen to me, flee. If going out to lunch with that colleague of the opposite sex does not honor God, flee. If traveling on that business trip with that person of the opposite sex becomes flirtatious, flee, baby, flee. Don't just pitter-patter. Flee. Flee as fast as you can. Now I will tell you that this became real for me. And if you're wondering what I'm looking for, I'm looking for my dignified sweat cloth. I see a lot of people fanning in here. I don't know what it's like at your campus, but it's hot up in here at Durham. My African-American friends gave me these dignified sweat cloths. They put my initials on them. Glory to God. I mean, a lot of y'all are fanning. Our air condition might have stopped today. But you do know there's a difference between black preachers and white preachers. When I start sweating, all you white people get nervous. Seriously, y'all get nervous for me. Don't get nervous for me. But when I start, start sweating up here, my black people are like, he's preaching now. <laughs> I'm serious. Hey, look at him. They all looking at me. Look at him. Come on. Brother, preaching now. About time he started working up a sweat. Ha! We pay him. He needs to sweat. Sweat. Flee, baby, flee. Sweat, baby, sweat. This got really, if I can put two words together, this got really, I don't feel bad fanning. All y'all fanning. I might as well fan too. I don't know if our facilities are here, but they need to see what's up. Um, this got really real for me about nine years ago. I, um, I'm about to walk you through my pastoral promise to purity. And I, I took a lot of hit when I came out with this uh, in 2009. Um, and I'm, I'm going to walk you through that today. But um, I, was, I was meeting a female in our church for lunch. And um, I was meeting in a restaurant called Cafe Carolina in Meadowmont, if you know where that area is in Chapel Hill. And she had asked just to meet with me. And uh, she really had some important stuff that she really needed me to uh, give her some advice on, some pastoral advice. And uh, I showed up a little bit late for the lunch, and I sat down at the table, and within about five minutes of the conversation, she looked at me in the eye, and she said, I just want to let you know that I have a hotel room reserved right across the street. I've already checked into it. And I will go there with you and do anything you want to do as long as you want to do it. True story. And um, (laughs) 
I, I just sat down, so I hadn't even, I hadn't even ordered yet. Um, <laughs> like, I didn't have any food in my mouth. It's a good thing. I might have choked. Um, and I want you to know that in that moment, I thank God for my student pastor who discipled me many years ago. I thank God for many preachers who I've heard preach on this subject many, many times along the way. And I want you to know that I got up and I fled as fast as I could to the door. I mean, I fled. And I don't, I, listen, I, the, the risky thing about telling a story like that is you might think, oh, he's so good. He's so, oh, no. No, I, 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 listen, I preach this stuff and I try to live this stuff so emphatically because I know the temptations of the flesh. And I fled. And so what I want to do right now, and I, guys, I don't have a lot of time today. This is a very big subject. I wish I could camp out on all of these. But I'm going to, in the time we have left, hit my pastoral promise to purity. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you some application. And then you can be on your way with this one, okay? But I got to just tell you, I got to tell you, after I had that situation and I saw Leader after leader after leader in the corporate world take moral failures with sex. And then I saw great pastors, great pastors that I deeply respect have moral failures. Guys, I don't, I, I don't even have time to say this, but I just feel like I need to. Like my heart is breaking right now. You know why my heart is breaking right now? One of my most respected leaders in the Christian church, a mentor of mine, Bill Hybels, who is the pastor of Willow Creek Community Church, which was a pace-setting church in the 80s, was retiring in October, stepping away after what all of us thought was the most amazing pastoral career. And right now, he's got accusations flying at him. And at first, I doubt him. And at first, he denied him. But now he's not denying them so much. And just this week, just this week, he went ahead and resigned. And I don't, I don't look down on him. I'm definitely not throwing stones at him. But here's what I thought. I said, oh, Bill. Because I've been in rooms with Bill, just a few of us. And he would talk about these things. And I'm like, oh, Bill, what happened to the guardrails, man? And I want for you what I want so desperately for me, and that is, man, go the distance. Be faithful. Don't let Satan take you out in this very temptation-oriented sins of the flesh that will ruin your marriage, ruin your ministry, make those who love you respect you the least. So here's what I came out with in 2009, and I haven't really tweaked them since then. Here's the first one. I will keep my relationship with Christ front and center, remembering that only sex, remember that any sex outside of marriage is a sin before Almighty God. Okay? Oh, by the way, I'm going I'm to I'm move quick. I've already put these on my blog for you. Benji Kelly. I see some people taking pictures of them. BenjiKelly.com. BenjiKelly.com, you'll see them listed. Number two, number two. I will keep my relationship with Amy Lynn and my children the highest priority of my life. Keep your marriage front and center. Keep your children front and center. If not, you will regret it, and that's a slippery slope. Number three, 
I will remain keenly aware of the fact that any form of sexual sin and adultery can ruin my marriage, bring shame and hurt to my children, devastate my calling as a minister of the gospel, destroy this church, and bring harm and shame to the larger body of Christ. Four, from this day forward, I will not offer counseling to women. To which, you know, sounds like about maybe 80% of the women said amen. The other women are mad at me right now. No, seriously, I mean, I get asked every weekend, will you meet with me? I need you. No, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Ladies, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I love you dearly, seriously. You don't need me. You don't need, you don't, you need a woman counselor. You don't need me. I, I'm, I, yeah, thank you. You really, you really don't need me. I'm a bad counselor anyway. I will mess you up. I will. Dudes, you don't even really need me. Like, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I will jack you up. I, I am a preacher. I am not a counselor. And I don't have the greatest gift of mercy. Counselors have great mercy gifts. You'll be five minutes in, I'll start telling you how to fix it. Bam, bam, do this, do that, do that. bam, bam, say, say your piece. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not good. Number five, seriously. I will not talk with another woman about my marriage unless it is to praise Amy Lynn and or discuss how blessed I am to be married. The moment you start talking to a person of the opposite sex and you go negative on your spouse, you are getting into a very dangerous area. Even if you can't stand your spouse right then. Put the shut to the up and keep it to yourself. See, that, I, that's why I'm not a good counselor right there. <laughs> keep it to your, don't do it. Because they'll start going, oh, I'm sorry it's so bad at home. Hey, can we get back together and talk? About, uh, and Satan has you right where he wants you. Six, six. I will not participate or even occasionally flirt with pornography because it is a sin, cheapens women, and causes unreal expectations. My wife and children will always have access to my phone and computer. I just saw some spouses looking at one another. No, 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 I'm serious, I'm serious, I'm serious. Your spouse should have access to your stuff. Some, some guys, some gal, you're hating me right now. Like, you're, you're, you're mad at me right now. I love you. Number seven, when, it, when at all possible, I will not ride alone in a car with a person of the opposite sex. Some of you are going, that's so extreme, dude. All right. Call me extreme. And notice I say when at all possible because I want to make sure I put a covenant out that I can live into. And this gets hard at times, but for me it's very rare. But even with things like Uber, it gets tricky. But, man, if there is a way for me to avoid getting in the car with a person of the opposite sex, I will avoid it. Number eight, I will strive to make sure my wife and or assistant always knows where I am. 
Number nine, I will not eat in a restaurant alone with another woman after 5 p.m. By the way, little caveat, there was a parenthetical note on here. We took it off because it was too long. But here's basically what the parenthetical note says. Even in business hours before 5 p.m., it is rare for this old boy. Just don't do it. Just stay away from it. Number 10, when at all possible, I will not travel alone in ministry, preferably taking my wife or one of my children with me as I represent Christ and New Hope Church. This is my humble, humble, I'm not perfect, but this is my humble and earnest attempt to flee from sexual immorality as your friend and your pastor of New Hope Church. And I'm inviting you to figure out what's your promise to purity if you're married. What is it? Talk about this with your spouse. It's okay. Have the conversations. Sit down tonight or at lunch today. And just tell you, what would it look like for us to have a promise to purity? Be proactive. Now let me just wrap up ever so quickly with some application. But more than anything, I'm asking you, I'm begging you, I'm imploring you to come up with a vision Remember what vision means? You hear me talk a lot about vision. Vision is nothing more than a preferred picture of the future. So come up with a vision for your marriage, sexually. What is the vision? What is the vision for you in that moment? What are you going to do to safeguard yourself? How are you going to protect? How are you going to stay faithful to your wife, to your husband, all the days of your life? I'm going to talk to married people, and then I'm going to talk to single people, and then I'm going to pray, and we're going to sing a great song. Married people, don't view sexual acts of other people. It's a slippery slope. And some of you are like, what about if we view it together? (laughs) That's a little kinky. (laughs) It's not good. And do you know, do you know that one of, the, one of the problems, I was talking to our student pastor about this the other week, one of the problems with our young people today is they've been so numbed and destroyed on pornography that they, 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 they end up getting married and, and they can't, their, their, their person, their, their, mouth, their spouse cannot compete with all that they've seen. But they can't, they can't in a healthy, God-honoring way be sexually aroused. Because they're trying to compare it all and keep up with what they see in pornography. And what you see in pornography is not real. So just stay away from viewing sexual acts of other people. Keep that marriage bed pure between you and your spouse. Married people, don't travel alone or eat alone with members of the opposite sex. Period. You know where most affairs start? With business people who travel. 
business people who travel with colleagues of the opposite sex. Be careful. Don't do it. You can talk to your supervisor or you can figure out travel plans where you depart from the airport at different times. You don't get in rental cars together. Maybe you stay in different hotels or you at least don't meet down in the bar and find out where each other's room is. You got to be careful. I could talk about this all day. I got to keep moving. I'm sorry. Married people, don't confide or counsel members of the opposite sex. When you feel your heart or desire is drifting towards a specific person, tell someone. Tell a trusted person, a spiritual mentor, a pastor. Tell someone, and you know when your heart starts drifting. You know when you start feeling things that you shouldn't be feeling. You know when you're thinking about that person way too much. And here's a good, good sign. When you're going to see that person, if you spend an exorbitant amount of time worrying about what you look like, watch out. Confide in someone and flee, baby, flee. Don't hire cute members of the opposite sex because you want to help them. Some of you are like, Pastor, where do you come up with this stuff? Where do you think I come up with this stuff? I've been at this a while now. Be careful. If you just want to hire him because he's so cute. And besides, he's got a firm little cute butt. Or she's just so cute. Oh, oh, we need to help her. No, you don't. You need to flee, baby, flee. Keep your marriage relationship and your... Children, the highest priority of life. You see how there's some overlap between what I'm talking to you about application and my covenant? Not completely, but there is some. Single people, go home today and gouge out your eyes with a spoon. <laughs> I don't want to leave you out today, single people. <laughs> there is a verse about that, by the way. But... I believe Jesus is using some hyperbole there, but my point is, single people, I didn't want to leave you out. It's hard. It's hard. Single people, don't do that. <laughs> apply the marriage, apply the marriage, apply the married people, oh yeah, apply the married people's guardrails in your relationship with married people. Read it. I know you got to think about it for a moment. Because here's why, single person. When you get married, you don't want some cute single person getting up in your marriage, flirting with your man, right, or your woman. You treat these guardrails as a single person. You respect and honor them towards married people. Marriage should be honored by all in the marriage bed. Kept what? Kept what? Hebrews 13, 4. Should be kept pure by who by who all people single people too single people no sleepovers or sex until you're married 
Well, I just wanted to have a sleepover. Sleepovers are for seventh graders. You say, I'm just going to stay over because it's, it's, just, it's just convenient, right? We're not going to do anything. No, 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 no. I'm telling you. I'm tell- Listen, Amy Lynn and I dated. I, I, I knew what it was like. We were faithful. We, did, we didn't break God's word, but I knew what it was like. It's so easy sometimes. I'm just going to stay over late at night, get finished watching a movie. No, 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 no. You get your butt up. You get it. For me, I just had to walk. We, we were in an apartment complex. I had to walk, you know, quite a ways to my apartment, but I would walk across campus at Duke. You get your butt up, you walk, you Uber, you drive yourself. But single people don't have sleepovers. Sleepovers will cause you to what? Crash your life. You will regret it. If if you're going to be a single person who's faithful to God's word and you save marriage, you save God's principles for marriage being kept between a woman and a man in a monogamous relationship, if that's your desire, you want to live out God's word, don't get on that slippery slope of sleepovers. i got to wrap up. If sex is a part of your dating life, take a relationship break. Some of you are sitting here right now and you're going, but I've blown it. I've blown it, Pastor. Take a break. To which one of the persons right now is thinking, oh, no, 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 take a break. Here's an idea. I think it's, it's, it's April, right? Um, take, take a break till next Valentine's Day. Just take a break. Take a break from, if it's meant to be, it'll work out. Just take a dating break and stop having sex and let God restore that. Confess that sin. Repent of that sin. Let God restore that part of you. And if it's meant to be, God will bring you both back together where you can have a faithful dating relationship and one day possibly get married. Lastly, flee. Run towards Jesus, single person. Run towards Jesus and only rarely look around for the person to date or maybe even marry. Here's what I mean by that. Single people, I'm wrapping up with you today. You want to know how to find your spouse? Quit looking so hard. You want to know how to find a godly mate? Here's what you do. You run, 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 run towards Jesus. All heart, soul, mind, body, strength. You just run, 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 run towards Jesus. And every now and then stop. And look around. See if there's somebody pursuing Jesus as hard as you are. And if there's not, guess what you do? Run, 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 run towards Jesus. Just fix your eyes on him. The author, the perfecter of your faith who endured the cross for you, paid a price for you. You run. And then every now and then you just stop. And sooner or later, you will enter into a spiritual realm that very few people get to. But that is where you find godly husband a godly wife who will be faithful to you so that you can be faithful to them may it be so in your life may it be so in my life in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen 
Let's, um, let's pray together. Father, thank you. Thank you for what you're doing here today. Thank you for the faithful folks who are here. And if I know anything about New Hopers, God, they're here because they want to love you. They want to honor you. They want to serve you. Father, would you bless the marriages that are represented here? Would you enable them to do the hard work that needs to be done? God, if marriages are off track, maybe they're in the ditch, would you restore them? Father, for the single people who are here today, God, I pray that that they would know how much they are loved, that they would know that your word speaks so clearly to them about how to live out singleness. And God, that you have their best interest in mind. Pour out your spirit upon them, Father God. Let them pursue you, heart, soul, mind, body, and strength. May you be glorified in their dating and ultimately in their marriage. God, thank you. Thank you for being a good, good father as we sang about last week. God, you watch over us. These are guardrails from the heart of a good God who loves us. Give us the courage to plant these sturdy guardrails. That one day, Father God, when we see you face to face, we will hear those words that we long for so dearly. Well done. Well done. Good and faithful servant. May it be so, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.